हेलो गाइज आई एम मिहिर एंड आई एम श्री एंड वी लाइक टू वेलकम यू टू टिफकास्ट वॉट इज टिफकास्ट कैन यू एक्सप्लेन टू आर लिस्नर श्री द इनसाइड फॉरवर्ड और टिफ इज अ फुटबॉल एनालिसिस एंड ओपिनियन ब्लॉग एंड दिस इज आर पॉडकास्ट हियर वी मेक फूड सिंपल विथ अ लाफ एंड अ पिंच ऑफ ए बैंटर अलॉन्ग द वे वेलकम टू द फिफ्थ एपिसोड ऑफ द टिफकास्ट गाइज दिस एपिसोड इज गोना बी अ बिट डिफरेंट Today we have a guest on the podcast, Mr. Chirayu Patil. So, Shri, can you take it from here? So, Chirayu is an amateur football player who has participated in multiple college level and national level tournaments, uh, and he's been a football fan for a long time. Now, Chirayu, can you describe your playing background and amateur career in more detail for us, please? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you so much, Mihir and Shriraj. So, talking about my football career, I started practicing football when I was in school in my seventh grade. Then I went on to foot like when then I went on to play for a local club called Deccan Eleven, and like I took off from there. The inter club matches and tournament, even as an amateur, is what kept me going. like this prepared me for more professional level of football which i indulged in during college mm-hmm. so during my first year of college i got selected in the college team as well as the team that went to play national level football like uh, that was a really good thing for me uh, thereafter like then i played for multiple inter college events on state and national levels and then like uh, the early early morning practice sessions and being away from home missing college lectures was bit difficult <laughs> but i knew like yeah there there was no going back from this because like it was just like rewarding like it was just great rewards for me aha uh-huh. great uh so what is your first ever memory of uh, watching football on uh, tv uh, do you remember what made you watch football in uh, at very beginning yes of course how can i forget so like the first time i ever watched a football game is a memory that etched in my mind forever so like i don't remember the exact year but i have this vague memory of whether it was a champions league or the premier league however but i do remember that it was arsenal versus manchester united yeah <laughs> like i must say it was a nail biting match and the united won 3-1 like i was surprised i was like fascinated like how well cristiano ronaldo played and in that moment i knew that like manchester united was the team i would go on to support uh, so from your description it seems to be uh, you are an avid manchester united fan uh, yeah. but what's really keeping uh, the united fan inside of you uh, still active even if you live so far uh, from where uh, the actual club is okay uh, so watching that first ever game of manchester united made me like sit on the edge of my seat because the way they played was so unpredictable obviously in a good way <laughs> and like i couldn't get enough of it 
the adrenaline rush that i felt gave me the reason to follow football and support manchester united and talking about this one thing uh like manchester united was uh, like they were creating effective moves they were keeping it simple and like they were not losing that grip on that field which i love the most <laughs> great great and a problem that uh, i am also going through uh, mm-hmm. like what makes you cheer for the club uh, even though currently the club is uh, going through some rough patch uh, mainly after sir alex ferguson retired yeah people know out there like they know manchester united fc is probably one of the most successful professional football clubs on the planet mm-hmm. as known like red devils so what uh makes me support them in this rough patch that i believe that every club has this uh, rough like down phase of football and what makes me keep supporting them is that united uh creates this youngsters to experienced players which helps them in winning more trophies later like they think of a long term like they are kind of a long term investment like you can understand what i say right of course of course and yeah and i know that uh manchester united won't take 30 like 30 years to win a <laughs> premier league title of course great of great. course you're so, saying that now but it remains to be seen what will happen and I think it's actually good for you that I did not ask that question because I would have elaborated quite a bit on that rough patch and Chira you wouldn't have any time to express himself right <laughs> anyway uh let's move on keep talking about football fan culture uh let's talk a little bit about banter culture and the trash talk it generates i mean everyone <laughs> likes debating football okay. opinions and uh, just uh poking fun at other clubs and other players but uh, for of example course. sometimes it creates a uh, creates a very bad toxic atmosphere for example in the case of a messi against ronaldo debate fans uh, mm-hmm. not just online but in person as well i have experienced that they just uh, uh, to make it seem that one of the two players is better than the other they completely discredit the achievements of the other player uh, what i want to know here is what do you feel about mm-hmm. such kind of banter culture which generates a lot of trash talk okay so talking about banter culture and trash talks about players example messi and ronaldo as you said so people who fight about these two legends they themselves don't have knowledge about football like enough knowledge about football and they fight uh considering like they don't consider the facts they don't consider the fact that these two players are different and like they have different qualities to perform on field so i think people like trash talking is not done because they are discrediting all the efforts and all the achievements that a certain player has achieved over the years and that's not done like seriously like 
of course it's seriously not done yeah so we understand what you're saying and uh, i think the same applies for coaches or football clubs uh, and a lot more both yeah. the players work it... very hard to uh, get where they are right now yeah and there's a thin line between like teasing and trash talking so mm, exactly people who don't have he don't have knowledge about football they less they just cross the line and they just discredit this legends out of nowhere yeah precisely yep and it should not be such a case that people should just uh, put an effort to understand more about football instead of just discrediting as you said uh, one player or yes. the other Yes. Um anyway so uh, we'll just start talking a bit more about analyzing football now. Um so you mm-hmm. must be watching a lot of football matches. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, of course. When you watch mm-hmm. a football match, when you watch yeah. a football match, what exactly mm-hmm. do you look for? Like uh, any formation surprises before the match? or are there any patterns in attacking movement that you try and notice are there any pressing or counter attack patterns that you try to notice uh, what do i observe so i observe this particular thing in football like watching individuals play why because it personally helps me to develop my game on field so me being a right back on 11 a side game helps me watch those wing backs work over the wings and making moves over the wings and in the midfield of course so that's what i look for while watching a game uh uh-huh. so you'll be observing the body positions the way uh, players like uh, carvajal or alexander arnold control the ball and cross the ball or how they move forward and all these things like i watch uh, wing backs especially why because obviously i told you like uh, it helps me personally but considering those wing backs like uh, recently you can see like barca versus bayern uh-huh. <laughs> two wing backs scored so you can understand what of those wing backs can do right davis and yes. kimich yes <laughs> so that's um, what i meant yes that is very interesting uh, watching an individual play certainly does help you develop and i believe it has helped you develop a lot having played with you and against you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh if you also watch post match analysis on tv after a game is over Mm-hmm. what is your mm-hmm. opinion on what pundits say about a player immediately after a match okay uh, so talking about football pundits i do love and i personally like what they talk post match because that really helps a lot of people uh, improve like that really helps a lot of people to improve their game to improve to look the game from a different kind of view but sometimes like sometimes they over analyze the game which they shouldn't because players do what they think right they never do a wrong move with 
thinking like you can understand what i'm saying right yes yeah. so basically you mean to say players don't really analyze a situation on the pitch as much as pundits do after the match yes like i mean that uh that's a spontaneous movement in a game but what pundits do they over analyze a game sometimes and they expect a player to do a certain thing which that player can't do at that moment so basically what you mean to say is players have to rely a lot on their instincts to make the right decision in uh, in game rather than uh, over analyzing a situation as pundits expect them to do yeah absolutely because that's what they do and that's what they are supposed to do so the players do a lot of like they obviously practice a lot and quick thinking is what i would like to say in this point because that's what helps a player in certain situations of course yeah do you follow or uh, look for the stats like uh, uh, expected goals or uh, expected assists post shot uh, uh expected goals or progressive passes etc are you familiar with uh, these statistics in football no like uh, like i'm hearing this for the first time not going to lie but <laughs> the only stats i care about is playing fifa with you guys <laughs> well that's true uh, so uh, i'll just uh, uh, briefly explain what uh, these uh, stats stand for so expected mm-hmm. goals or xg uh, measures the quality mm-hmm. of a shot based on several variables uh, such as assist type uh, shot angle mm-hmm. uh, and distance from goal uh, whether it was a mm-hmm. headed shot and whether it was uh, uh, defined uh, as a big chance and uh, okay. then we have expected assist Uh, which measures the likelihood that a given pass to an attacker will become a goal uh, it considers uh, several factors including the type of pass uh, pass end point and length of the pass then uh, mm-hmm. most of the keepers nowadays are uh, compared on uh, mostly one statistic uh, which is mm-hmm. post shot expected goals uh, okay. which is uh which is expected goals based on how likely the goalkeeper is to save the shot uh taken by an attacker uh then some uh midfielders are uh, midfielders and their creativity is uh, judged on progressive passes uh which are completed passes that move the ball for, forward uh towards the opponent's goal at least 10 yards from its furthest point uh, in the last six passes or completed passes into the penalty area okay uh so did you get any of that <laughs> yeah 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 i got all of that so surprisingly <laughs> and i think i should start looking at those stats after all these like me has explained right now it's quite interesting because yes so i look for individual <laughs> players playing on field instead of a team game so i think that would help me a lot 
for me uh-huh. playing on on field 11 side so uh, i'll make your efforts uh, lesser and lesser uh, let's uh-huh. look at some stats from your favorite club manchester united so uh, of course uh, first of all xg expected goals uh, there are uh-huh. two uh, leading goal scorers uh, for manchester united the first is marcus rashford who has uh, expected goals of 20.7 in whole season in all competitions uh, but he actually scored 22 goals <coughs> that means he overperformed by 1.7 goals as we can see uh, but the remarkable fact about uh, uh, anthony martial is he was expected to score 14.7 goals whole season but he uh, has 23 goals so he has overperformed his expectation massively uh, similar with the expected assist statistic uh, both rashford and martial uh, had expected assist 5.3 and 5.1 respectively and they both had mm-hmm. uh, 9 assists each uh and then the haya had post shot expected goal statistic at uh, 39.2 and he actually con- uh, conceded 44 goals uh then very surprising statistic oh uh when you think of a creative passer uh in united's midfield or at any position in united you'll think of uh, like bruno fernandes or paul pogba but uh, here the most progressive passes are made by uh, fred which is which are uh, 207 passes uh, progressive passes whole season which is quite surprising to mm-hmm. me yeah yeah quite surprising uh, so i actually would not say that that stat is as surprising as it looks because uh, fred is the deep lying playmaker after all and i'm a bit disappointed at you did not point out uh, david de gea's underperformance but anyway uh, let's move on yeah um so let's talk yeah. about football at the local level chirayu mm-hmm. is there a lot of opposition analysis in the local leagues that you play in and do you analyze differently in a five aside game or in an 11 aside game so shri answering your first question is there a lot of opposition analysis in your local league so yes firstly yes there is so what do opposite teams analyze firstly they analyze these key players from a certain football club which the whole club is dependent and secondly they they look after these players like what these like particular player is doing because those are the players who change that game a lot like they like uh they do like if their work rate is like 80% they'll do 150% of their job so like you get it what i'm saying right so they are players who can uh, basically turn an entire game around by themselves yes exactly answering your second question yes we do or i do analyze a five aside 
game against an 11 side game differently because uh personally i'm a right back on a 11 side game and a keeper on a five side game mm-hmm. 11 side game helped me to focus on an individual players like on individual players so uh, being a right back i got to know like i observe like if the player is cutting inside and crossing or passing to the d top or if the player is cutting outside and delivering a good shot like good cross so that's what i observe like we observe as a team in a 11 side game and talking about five side game i analyze the opposition as a whole team because it's a very short like it's a very short ground and uh, you do need quick thinking and a lot of quick situation analysis in this kind of situation so uh-huh. yeah that's what differentiates between a five side game and 11 side game in a 11 side game i personally focus on individual players observing individual players and in a five side game i focus on observing a team as a whole because every player plays any position in a five side game right uh yeah. and which is actually very interesting because at the top of football you would analyze uh, an 11 side game as uh, by taking into account the entire team so yeah. that is quite interesting anyway let's talk a bit about how coaches deliver that analysis to you do they simply tell you what to do in front of your opponent for example if you are playing right back do they simply uh-huh. tell you what to do in front of the left winger or do they show you the entire analysis and then let you decide what to do okay so you the things the two things you said are the main two things what coaches do so like they not only tell you what to do but they show you the situation and they let you think that what you should do in the situation that but like what i mean to say like they do both not just one thing but they do both like they'll tell you to do a certain thing and also they'll show you a certain situation and they'll let you analyze that situation and think that like think upon it eventually so i think this will really help a player to grow uh, individually his uh, skills and analytics of the game yeah and uh, yeah. it this uh, this episode has also helped us understand your perspective about supporting a global club as well as uh, about how it uh, how it works in the local leagues about a little bit about football analysis and its awareness that people have uh so yes. we'd like to thank you very much for joining us today on this podcast we had a great uh, time thank you so much yeah yeah of course and uh, so we'd like mm-hmm. to just uh, 
put ahead some closing notes. So thanks a lot to Outtrack Records for recording this episode and all other episodes and also for editing all these episodes because it's a huge task doing this online. And uh, we'd like to leave it at that. So if you liked uh, the content of this episode, please uh, follow the Inside Forwards podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and other of your favorite podcasting platforms. And we are also launching on YouTube. Hopefully this episode will be up on YouTube by the end of August. And do follow Inside Forwards Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages as well as our blog at theinsideforward.com. And uh, until next time, remember that here we make footy simple with a laugh.